I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. Jason is out, but you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Today we have a guest. He is the uh, co-founder and business development of a company called Boxable. You may have seen some of this on uh, Instagram or somewhere on social media. That's kind of where it caught our eye. Please help me welcome Galliano Tiramani. <laughs> Galliano, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Galliano Tiramani. My company is Boxable. We're here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we are trying to change the way buildings are are built. Uh, really, re-engineer a product that's compatible with a factory mass production so that uh, hopefully we can produce housing the same way we, we produce all our other modern products and yeah. make it more affordable and, and high quality. Yeah. So how long have you guys been around? We started developing this at the end of 2017, and um, back then it was just an idea. And then we spent several years doing a lot of uh, testing, you know, engineering, R&D type stuff to figure out a, a solution. And uh, what we have now is different in almost every way than a traditional housing, mm-hmm. you know, from everything from the materials used to the shipping solution to the way it's manufactured, kind of reinvented it all. So just out of curiosity, are you or anyone on your team originally from the AEC architecture, engineering, or construction space? Or are you guys jumping in from some other backgrounds? 
you know, out of the myself and the two other guys that started this, uh, the other two are are engineers. Okay. One of, and one of them came from a, a background of building construction. So was it just uh, seeing the need that attracted you into taking on this this bear of a problem? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I mean, so Paolo, uh, a long time ago, built a house uh, using modular construction, mm-hmm. and he just saw all the problems that exist and how it doesn't work for all these different reasons and said, this is crazy. There's got to be a better way. So then he originally came up with that folding house idea, and then it's much more than just that now. Um, so we kind of, after that original folding house idea was created to solve the shipping problem, uh, we then continued developing it and, and you know, solved, solved a lot of other problems too. But the timing is right for this now. I think the, the market forces and the cost of housing and the, the accessory dwelling unit laws in California, uh, it's all kind of moving in our favor, I think. Oh, for sure. So uh, so you hinted at it. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the the product I guess you can start with the folding house concept and then what you guys have now. Yeah. So um, building construction has got, got a lot of uh, issues. It's really the last big industry that's kind of pre-factory. Like everything else is built in a factory. Mm-hmm. Housing is not. Uh, people are, are trying to do it, but there's a bunch of problems stopping it from working and, and gaining market share. So, you know, first problem we saw was the shipping. If it's If it's too big and expensive to ship, then don't make it in a factory because it doesn't make sense. And that's kind of the case right now for everyone else is it is cheaper and better to build it on site because the shipping's so crazy when you're trying to ship a wide load. So that was the first problem that we we fixed. And now our units are eight and a half feet wide. So they're just highway legal. And then after that, we dove into uh, how we're actually going to build them and, and the processes and the materials and all that beyond just the folding. And, um, it's it's turned into something pretty amazing at this point. Now we, we have a factory planned that we think is probably going to be the, the biggest, fastest modular housing factory ever. And it's being designed with automobile manufacturing principles. Because if you look around at different factories, like if you go on YouTube right now and type Ford F-150 factory, mm-hmm. amazing how they build the cars. And uh, it results in you know very, very low cost, high quality product, but no one's applied any of that to housing. So we think our solutions will, will enable us to. Yeah. So there was the folding house concept. And then you said there was something newer. Is it just the the elements? Uh, and no, the... I just meant um, the different aspects of the product beyond just folding. Gotcha. They, that's what they see right away. Um, what we've created is a system that can build almost any building type, almost anywhere on the planet. <laughs> so we're starting out with our smallest room module. It's 20 by 20 fitted out as a kind of a studio apartment targeted towards this backyard ADU market that's emerging in California due to new laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, our room modules, they all stack and connect. Eventually we'll roll out different sizes. So it's just kind of like Legos and you can build anything you want. And we'll, we'll mass produce standardized interior configurations for those room modules. So maybe we'll have five kitchen boxes and five uh, living room boxes and five bedroom boxes. And then uh, the, the dream is that down the line, someone will be able to go online to a configurator, grab whichever boxes they want, snap them all together and finish them off to build any custom building. And then they'll click order and it will be like Amazon Prime 
next day on their lot. Wow. That's amazing. Have you seen um, or heard of, there's a company called TestFit that has like a, this algorithmic program when you lay it out or you, you put in your site and you basically can adjust the parameters of the site and it automatically calculates how many units and all these different elements. Um, if you haven't heard of it, you should check it out. It'd be interesting to see if you guys could sort of pair with one of those algorithmic companies. Yeah, what's it called? This one is called TestFit. TestFit. And there's a few other ones out there, but um, it'd be interesting to see at some point down the line if you guys could pair with some of these programs and how it could pair with your product to calculate exactly how many units for someone to quickly grasp what they would need from you. Um, That's pretty cool. I'll, I'll reach out to these guys, actually. This is uh, right up our alley. Yeah. Building configurator. Pretty cool. Thank yeah. Yeah, no problem. But that'd be cool to see. <laughs> I just want to see it. Uh, no, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> As we're in mid-interview, you're <laughs> emailing. Uh, so all of our listeners get to listen in on some business being done live. Um, so Galliano, when I looked at the product, one of the first things that stood out to me was, you know, the product folds and then um, it opens up. And one of the things that I noticed was, you know, at the seams where it folds, particularly at the ceiling, um, I imagine you guys had some sort of proprietary system that you had to get, you know, approved for those particular connections, or was that not the case? Yeah, uh, everything we're doing has to be approved and tested mm -hmm. because we're not building using the prescribed methods in the building code. So the building code says... You can build with lumber framing on this spacing and this designs and, and follow this methods and that's approved. Uh, we're not using any of that stuff. We're using all different building materials, all different processes. And so that means we have to go through full testing on everything. Mm -hmm. uh, all those connection points, we have to test the, the panels for, for strength and fire and water and all that. So that's like an ongoing process that we're going through right now where we've hired a third party testing approval company mm -hmm. and they're basically gonna you know we'll make all the, the different panels they'll break them in a million different ways and <laughs> test them out and then issue reports and then um, that all goes towards our modular building approval certification so that we can then sell these into you know various states and other places okay we spoke with someone that does uh, modular construction um, out of shipping containers and they talked about going through a state program for that. Is yeah. that similar to what you guys are doing? Yeah, I'm sure they're doing the exact same factory built housing approval. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, it's two parts. One is product testing, uh, if you have a new product. Uh, and the other is, is factory inspection. Okay. And, um, so, so they'll be in our factory all the time, inspecting everything that goes through. And then having that modular approval makes things a little easier for the customer and the builder mm -hmm. because then they don't have to do inspections on site with the local government. That's all just done before they get it. So that saves them some headache. Yeah. So you mentioned sort of the, the market in California, the ADU market. How has that been going? And where are you guys at in your sales process? I mean, right now we're, we're just, you know, basically a brand new company. 
we don't have a, a, a large manufacturing facility yet. We just kind of have a small shop. Okay. Um, but we're gearing up to, to move into a very big uh, manufacturing facility here in uh, Vegas. And, um, you know, we have an incredible amount of interest and orders mm-hmm. from all over the place. So it's, it's a very good sign. A lot of people are interested in the product. And, uh, yeah. Have you sold and installed anywhere yet? We just sold the first one. Um, just got ordered a couple of days ago. It should be shipped out and installed the next week. <laughs> and uh, I won't tell you who the customer is. <laughs> high profile, it's a secret, top secret customer. But okay. pretty impressive, actually. And we'll be announcing it later on after it's done. Okay. Who that is. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's very exciting. Things are happening quickly. You know, we're, we're, you know, raising money from investors and buying manufacturing equipment and uh, leasing, you know, 150,000 foot building and hiring people and all that kind of stuff and getting it going. Yeah, that's very exciting. So as far as the install process, do you guys assume that it'll always require crane? I think the footage that I saw was like lifted into place by a crane. Do you think it's always going to be that way or do you guys plan for some alternative uh, method? Yeah. So the way we've engineered it now basically means that when the, the truck driver arrives, he can just dump it off the truck and leave by himself. Huh. Uh, so that's an improvement over traditional modular where that everyone would have to meet up. The builder would have to be there. The crane operator would have to be there. It, it couldn't be raining that day, you know, and, and you got to unload it. Uh, our driver is going to show up. It's going to, Use a few couple of jacks, jack it up off off the truck, and just drive away. And it'll be sitting there, like wrapped in like white kind of boat wrap plastic, uh, ready to go. And then actually moving it around or lifting it up, we spent a lot of time to try to reduce the weight so that those requirements aren't as much. And we think we're going to be able to get away with uh, a telehandler or oversized forklift to move it or lift it to a second story. They're going to stack them because that's a lot cheaper than the crane where you have to rent the crane and the crane operator has to come to it's generally pricey so that's important and then actually unfolding and unpacking it we've got a system where we can that can be done with just some basically some rigging and some brackets and no and no heavy equipment so just kind of working through the whole process to try to simplify as many things as we can throughout the whole process all the way from us manufacturing it to being installed we're trying to solve problems along the way yeah are you guys targeting um, a particular region? Uh, are you like Southwest mostly right now and then going to reevaluate as you grow? Yeah, you know, the original idea was to have a building system that could build anything and start with that. But then we realized it was a little too abstract and we should start with something that people could understand. So then we said, all right, we'll fit out the smallest one as, as a little studio apartment and we'll market them as ADUs for backyards and backyards in California because that's where the market is for those backyard houses. They've changed laws there to basically open up, uh, legalize it to put a backyard house in almost every backyard in all of California. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge, rapidly growing market and a nice place for us to start. Uh, we're getting interest from all over the world, all over the country, but California is where the costs are highest and the need is highest. And that's where we'll start. Yeah. Do you guys have any projections that you sort of looked at that you can talk about of satisfying that, that California market that you're hoping to hit? 
Yeah, so this is another announcement that we're going to make, but I'll make now. Um, originally, we had been planning a, a small starter factory that would produce about 300 homes per year. And since since we started down that path, we saw you know way bigger need and interest in the product. It's going to enable us to start bigger. So I think this initial factory should produce anywhere from three to 7,000 uh, casitas per year. Uh, so it's quite a lot um, <laughs> as far as a manufacturing facility, but in the grand scheme of housing demand, yeah. it's nothing. I mean, the need is way bigger than that, not yeah. just California, but everywhere, everywhere. There's all kind of different local market housing issues, you know, that where this can solve problems. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get scaled up and be producing quite a lot of houses pretty quickly. Um, we do have a plan to open this first factory. And then open a lot more very quickly after that if everything goes well in the first one, which I think it will. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, looking at what you guys have going already. Have you looked into styles? Um, I think it was only just one look really to it, right? Yeah. To start, we're not going to do any custom stuff. We're just going to have a standardized product and just crank them out. Yeah. And that's, that's the way that we're going to be efficient and provide a lot of value. When you start getting into custom stuff, um, it doesn't make sense. And, and that's why, you know, when you buy a car, you get uh, a few options. <laughs> but you can't say, oh, I want the bumper to be a foot wider. You know, you yeah. can maybe pick your leather color. Um, same thing with with an iPhone or any other product. You know, you, know uh, you need that standardization. But our case is actually a little better than that because... We're going to get standardized production in the factory where we're building the same room modules over and over and over again. But in the field, those different room modules can stack and connect and they can be customized on site. And you can add a different siding if you want or a brick facade or a deck or a different root pitch. So really, we're getting the best of both worlds. We're getting standardized factory production. We're also getting custom buildings in the field where, you know, within certain Boundaries, you can, you can basically get anything you need, anything from a, a little casita all the way up to a very big multi-hundred unit uh, multi-family building. Yeah. What's the material of the shell? Is it metal? Yeah. So it's um, galvanized, painted uh, sheet steel on the exterior, laminated to EPS foam, and then another layer of steel. And then on the interior wall is a special type of ceramic board in place of sheetrock. And that makes up like a sandwich panel. That would be the entire wall. And then around the perimeter of each panel is a PVC plastic extrusion that serves as like uh, an end cap, a hinge, and uh, a gasket. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, have you guys looked, or how how is the uh, mechanical systems installed? Yeah. So, and, and that, um, how does that work? Everything's done in the factory. Uh, if you look at the, the folding design, basically we're folding up the empty space, but there's still uncompressed, unfolded uh, space in the unit in the shipping dimension. So like basically by the length of the unit, uh, about six feet deep, uh, it's all just empty space where we can finish stuff in the factory. So for this casita, mm. we're finishing kitchen, kitchen bathroom. Uh, in other units, we could do staircase or fireplace or whatever else we can fit in six feet by the height, nine and a half by the length of the unit. Uh, and we just keep it all on that one side. And that includes 
finished plumbing, electrical, gas, all that. Basically, those all exit through the corner exterior wall of the unit, and they're just ready to plug in on site to whatever you want, whether it's solar, the grid, septic tank, whatever. It's just going to plug in to the um, exterior corner of our unit. And uh, also, another little solution there was um, we got everything to exit through the wall and not the floor. Mm-hmm. A lot of plumbing goes through the floor in some of these other solutions, and that's just kind of a pain in the ass because then you have to you know, prepare your foundation, you have to set it down perfectly in place, whereas our unit is just going to go right through that wall so you can worry about it after. Very cool. All right, Galliano, uh, we're running out of time here, but any last uh, last comments or thoughts you wanted to leave our listeners with about Boxable? Yeah, I mean, um, what we're pursuing here is uh, pretty, pretty grandiose. Um, we're basically trying to change the way the entire world builds buildings and bring the, the last, one of the last big pre-industrial, pre-factory industries into the factory. And, and if we can achieve that, it's going to be uh, a game changer for everyone. So please, you know, take a look on the website, boxable.com, and feel free to, to email us if you're interested, and uh, we'll, we'll keep working away on this. And uh, to spell that out, it's boxable with no E, right? Yeah, B-O-X-A-B-L.com. Okay. And then any social media you want anyone to check you out at? Yeah. I mean, uh, we're on all of them. Uh, lots of cool videos on, on YouTube. Um, you know, subscribe to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you'll get updates on there and um, stay tuned. And it's all Boxable there at yep. Boxable. Yeah. should be easy to find. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Link our website too. Cool. Thank you so much, Galliano. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, We'll talk again on Tuesday. Thanks. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon.
Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.